Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, I just sang. I don't even know what song I sang, but it's a song to you, patron peeps. Good night. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in temperature, weather, routine, you know, you're on a plane, you're on a train. Or you're doing one of those things that someone's trying to say, hey, eat some green eggs and ham or whatever. You say, well, I know I'd rather just unwind and put my headphones on. Uh, Whatever it is, I'm here to help you. The way I'm going to do it, oh, I think I already said that. I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, any of those things. And the way I'm going to create a safe place is I'm going to obviously try to earn your trust. It usually takes, I'll be honest, it takes a while for me to earn your trust. uh, Because especially... Wouldn't be skeptical about a podcast to put you to sleep, or am I right, or am I right, new listeners? So I'm really gonna, uh, I'm gonna really smooth. I don't know if you can hear it. Every few intros now, I try to smooth this safe place out. I'm unable to do that with my be- bedding, even though, like, there's nothing better than that when you put on new bedding. You say, "Whew!" I just smoothed that out. Uh, so. I'm going to try to do that with a safe place. You say, wait, it was smoothed out and a safe place. And what I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones or croaky croaky dulcet tones. Those were the the frogs that lived in, there's a story. The frogs that lived in Dawson's Creek, they had croaky Dawson tones. That's a show from a while ago. Uh, pointless meanders. <laughs> you say, what? Uh, uh, the time, time expired me. I also have expired meanders. Uh, I think well, maybe we could talk about one of those two things. I don't know what I would talk about Dawson's Creek. I, all I know is uh, I had a C-R-U-S-H on that. Also aspiration. I think I was aspirationally. Uh, you, you know, I said, well, I, I, I'm sure their lives are superior. Anyway, let me get to the, uh, let's see, where were we? I'm going to send my voice across the deep, good, deep dark night. Creaky Dawson or Croaky Dawson t- tunes, <laughs> tones, uh, tangents, expired meanders, all those things. I'm going to try to be your, your friend, your boar friend, your companion to be here at your bedside, across the room, across the nation, across the globe. Uh, but nearby, as near as near as you need me or would like me, and then you say, "Well, how about another two I say, "Yeah, but just go ahead. Uh, you, know, you can move your phone. You could lower the volume. I could slow it down and take a little breath here. But I'm here to help. That's the main thing. So if you're new, let me give you the structure show. Uh, podcast starts off with a few minutes of business. Uh, that's how we keep the show and all of the archives free. Is the business at the top of the show in between the intro and the story. You can find all about that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors when your hand hits the fridge tomorrow. Uh, so thank you for sticking through that. Uh, so if you're new, that's that's how we keep the show going. Uh, then we have an intro, which is around 12 to 14. Sometimes it's it's gone as high as 17. I'm sure it's high, been higher. It's been lower. I think 11 minutes uh, but the uh, intro is a show within a show, or I don't think it's the, really the first act because most people say if that was if that's your intro, maybe it should be your final act. Uh, it's not a finale, uh, your last act. And I'd say, well, it is for some listeners. It's the last act they hear. Uh, so thanks uh, for trying to uh, thanks for that great segue accidental segue. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a way to to get ready for bed to start the wind down, to start the relaxation, to put your sleep socks on or take your day socks off, uh, to do any bombing or calling of the pets, to do any bombing or, you know, getting your pets in bed or, you know, getting them settled, 
you know, I, I'll tell you, that maybe that I'll do that, like uh, how I get Koa settled most nights, if I can remember any of that. But it's part of the listener's wind-down routine, and some people fall asleep during it. A lot of listeners, they, they get ready, they wind down, they maybe they brush their teeth even. Uh, but so that's how the uh, intro works uh, the, and uh, kind of introduces the show. Uh, a little different every time, but pieces of it are so familiar uh, that you feel like, oh, this is that safe place. It's been padded. It's been rubbed. It's been smoothed down. It's a safe place. And uh, all the expired meanders have been put outside uh, to be picked up by Meander Man, which is Scoots. Uh, a bit like the tooth fairy with expired meanders, but he d- doesn't leave any coins behind, except for the ones that fall out of his pocket when he's crawling around on the floor. Uh, well, but what am I talking about? So that's the intro. If you're new, here's so that's the structure. Intro, then we'll have a bedtime story, and then we'll have some thank yous at the end. So that's how the that's how the show goes. Let's see, uh, where was it? Oh, the inter- yeah. So that's a structure show. Here's the other things you need to know if you're new. You don't need to listen to me. You can kind of listen. You can reflectively listen and let me just bounce off your ears, or you can closely listen. Uh, whatever you need. And you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for an hour. You can put show after show after show if you need to. And I'll be here all the way to the end. If you can't fall asleep, I'm here for you to keep you company. Uh, but otherwise, you got plenty of time to fall asleep and you don't need to listen. A show, ideally, would be just distracting enough that you're kind of listening. And you're saying, I wonder how Scoots does get his dog ready for bedtime. And I say, oh boy, just wait another few minutes uh, and you'll find out. And then you drift off, you know, drift off at your leisure. And so, okay, so I promised, I teased the, how I got get Koa ready for bed. And let's see, there's a, they say, I think the whole Pavlovian thing was done with dogs, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I do know when I brush, when I start brushing my teeth, uh, and I don't know if you're a dentist, please don't, please don't respond to this, but I usually go mouthwash, floss, and then brush. And I'm positive that's probably out of order, but oh well. Uh, I guess, I don't know. But, uh, and as soon as I start brushing my teeth, that's when Koa decides, Hey, I'm going to make my last trip outside. So I usually open the door and, uh, and then she goes outside. I'm brushing my teeth. I go back inside, finish up brushing my teeth. Either she comes back in or she has her own routine that she does out there, which I kind of observe where she kind of just walks around and looks at stuff. I think she's just checking everything. And so then if if I do have time, if she's really involved out there with walking around and doing her business, then I'll try to stand outside and meditate for a few minutes and listen to the sounds of maybe the barge or the traffic or notice the fog or the clouds or the moon. And then we'll go back inside and then I'll close. Like Ko has a chair that she, that's her chair. It has been, I don't know, for six years now, I guess. Uh, and that's where she hangs most of her time. She does have other beds, but she seems to prefer this chair. So I, it's right up against one of the like windows that's closed, but I'll, I'll draw the blinds. And then she likes to have the, like, a, I guess only in the winter months or the the winter, the fall, and the, like early spring, I have an old bed sheet. It just happens to be Obi-Wan Kenobi Brown, uh, the, the brown of Obi-Wan Kenobi's cloak. So then I'll put this sheet on her. I actually have two sheets because then I can wash one, the fitted sheet and the flat sheet. Dogs don't know the difference, believe me. Uh, but then I'll like uh, actually uh, like uh, kind of uh, I don't really swaddle her, but I pe- put the sheet over her and I kind of tuck her in, just like you would tuck in a child. And I like to put it overhead. This is every single night and make her look like Obi Wan. I, I call her Puppy Wan, Koanobi. And she kind of looks at me and, and is like, "Are you gonna also pet me?" So then sometimes I'll pet her like over the sheet or under the sheet. Uh, but I get her all tucked in, snug as a bug, 
And she seems to like that. It seems to be like, okay, that's your bedtime. And then she gives me those long, like, aren't you going to stay here for 45 minutes and pet me? And, you know, I'm an enabler. So sometimes they may, I say, okay, yeah, maybe I will. Uh, but, you know, no, a little while longer. Uh, and then I'll head off to do my own routine. But that's kind of Koa's bedtime routine, how I prep her. And uh, ideally, she waits till I'm concentrating on something, and then she'll fall right asleep and start snoring or just keep staring at me and say, hey, get, get back over here. Give me some more pets. Also, Ko is my dog, just in case there's any confusion about any of that. Uh, uh, like, I just don't want, you know, I want to clear that up. So that's how I get my dog ready for bed, a bit like the podcast. Like, uh, you have, like, uh, the podcast uh, for a lot of people is part of their bedtime habit, and and for a lot of things that's a good thing. Uh, for for a lot of people, that's a good thing. It is uh, you know they talk about bedtime hygiene and all that stuff. It gets high pressure, but the nice thing about having some kind of bedtime routine is if you stick with it for a while, then it comes it becomes less optional. You're like, okay, this is just what I do as I get ready for bed. Uh, like, uh, let's just use it like a neutral example. Like, I don't know if flossing actually is neutral, but, uh, something you're supposed to do. And so I just don't give myself an option. So now I just, that's what I do. I have my order. If I don't have mouthwash, then I'm totally at, like, then I say, oh boy, how am I going to get through the night? But, but like, uh, but yeah, so having the podcast, you say, okay, I'm going to get ready for bed. As Scoot said during the intro, you know, listen to everything, and then uh, you, you, you turn out the lights and press. Uh, I've already pressed. You, you know what I mean. Like, uh, it takes it, it. Just say, oh, okay, that's part of my bedtime routine, part of my wind down, a r- little ritual. And I guess I was using the, uh, 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 what is that called? An example of Koa's ritual of getting her ready for bed. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, so ideally this podcast, if you're new, will become part of your ritual. Uh, it doesn't have to right away, though, because it doesn't work for everybody. It takes a few tries to get used to. I uh, just heard from my friend uh, James, and he said it took him four times, and he he's met me in person. And he said, yeah, it took four. He, he liked the show, but he said it took four times, and then I started falling asleep. So a uh, big shout-out to James. Uh, over at T Public, uh, yeah. So, so I guess, yeah. Give if, if you're skeptical. I think that's what I was saying at the beginning. Why wouldn't you be? It's a podcast where someone talks you to sleep. It's a little bit different, a little bit strange, a little bit silly. And I can remember even one time, one of my brothers was staying over at my apartment, and he was sleeping on the couch, and he saw me tucking Co in for bed, and he saw like he gave me one of those looks, like, uh, "Oh boy, you haven't changed. You're still as uh, strange as uh, you know." you're still an odd bird talking you're talking your and he was cracking up uh, but then he was also appreciating how much co appreciated being tucked into bed and it's not strange i mean let me tell you it's it's not strange it's delightful for the for coa and it's a used sheet so it's not like i'm using like uh like uh come on now so anyway uh however you get ready for bed however you get into bed i'd like to help if you if you've never listened before uh, I've been there, sleepless, tossing and turning. That's why I make this show. And that's why I work very hard. And I strive and I yearn because I really, really want to help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again for coming by. All right, everybody, it's time for kind of a random Tuesday, Tuesday trending style episode. And this one is going to be more of a, uh, what do you call that, uh, a seminar, possibly. Well, I don't know what it's going to be. The general idea, though, is that I'm giving a talk, uh, which I'll have already given by the time this episode comes out, about something. And and I said, well, this would actually make a pretty good podcast episode, especially because some of the things I can't give in the talk that it made me think of when I was writing the talk. So... Uh, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to the uh, Scoots that does seminars, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening. Yes, hello. Come on in. Uh, may, welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Everyone get comfortable here. And uh, thanks for attending. And we'll be taking, you know, you, you could, uh, we'll be talking. This is a free seminar, of course. Uh, and, uh. I'm Brad Bradderson from the Boredom Institute. Uh, you might remember us from uh, 
such amazing seminars as Bore to Win, uh, Bore Your Way to uh, Health, Wealth, and Happiness, and uh, Fitness. Oh, that was in health. We did change that one. And we gave one about uh, something about banter. We've done a lot of things here at the Banter Institute. And tonight we're doing something a little bit different because we're, uh, you see, a little bit of backstory behind the Banter Institute. The Banter, Banter Institute, over oh, the Boredom Institute, also the Banter, we have both of those, Banter Institute, and uh, they're under the same umbrella organization. And that's where Pickle comes into the equation, because the umbrella organization we're organized under, under giant quotes when we say organized, it turns out now none of us knew this. We'd been working hard for years developing techniques that could be monetized about a border to border, you know, to bring health, wealth, and happiness uh, to purchasers of our courses and uh, through boredom and uh, boredom-related techniques. And all of us have been here toiling away, chasing our dreams and living our lives as so we thought and hoping we'd hit the big boredom jackpot and find a course we could sell for eight or nine thousand dollars, you know, to 10 or 20 people a month. And, you know, we really should end in 97 cents or 98,993 or 8,999 or nine hundred. You know, should we start doing uh, those uh, thing, video things where you uh, just talk, uh, video conferences or whatever they're called? How could we work real estate? What are the trends and how could we capitalize on those things? You know, capitalize to help and even exchange. Uh, thousand, you know, first a free course and then the thousands of dollars. Uh, that was the vision here, both the Boredom Institute and the Banter Institute. And we were recently learned that we all are under an umbrella organization called Scooter's Brain. And it turns out that we exist. Uh, now, this is just now we would call this, you know, we, you know what hashtag we would use about this uh, news we received. But we really, uh, we, we said, we, we believe, the, you know, the earth is round. We don't know what you're talking about. You're telling me I exist within the brain of someone named Scooter. I don't buy it, and I, I don't subscribe to that uh, as my reality. And that was my uh, supervisor, Karen. She said, uh, listen up, my supervisor, uh, Taitha, had passed down that uh, you have, we have to uh, follow these. This, this is what we've heard, and this is what's coming. And you can believe whatever you want. That's what they told me. So that's why I'm not, uh, you know, I'm totally calm. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is just an organizational situation uh, that we may or may, you know, we said we could, you know, we could reorganize, we could redistribute. And also Karen and Taith had sat down with me recently and said, listen, uh, uh, Brad, Bradderson, they called me Mr. Bradderson. Unfortunately, I knew that they said, we haven't sold any of these courses. We haven't monetized boredom. And while there are lots of people out there using uh, boredom techniques to get good rest for health, wealth, and happiness, we haven't moved in any $8,000 courses or anything, really anything else. Uh, so the rubber's about to hit the road. And I said, what about uh, that banter? What about the Banter Institute? How are the numbers looking over there? They said, not great. And they said, the, 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 uh, the, the carrier of the umbrella called. And then they explained to me the whole situation, and they said he'd like to come on and do a, a seminar. And I said, well, we're all here in a seminar ba- a room, you know, that we, uh, uh, you know, did get this community college to let us use for free because this is a free course, uh, an introductory course. Well, usually, I don't know exactly what this uh, gentleman's going to be talking about, uh, but it is a Scooter, and he, I guess, apparently is the uh, carrier of the umbrella, which our organization is organized under. And so with that, I'm turning it over to, to Scooter, which will be, this will be, oh, thank you. Thanks for turning that over to me, Brad. Great job. Uh, Brad Bradderson, everyone, uh, the visionary. Yeah, you, you see that, Brad? I can I can pump you up. Uh, 
The visionary behind such courses as Bore Your Way to Health, Wealth, and Happiness, uh, Bore Your Bore to Win. That was in, that was a, like I like that title, Brad. And uh, the seven stages of banter and using banter to go to health, wealth, and happiness. Easy money through boredom. Brad, did you? That was a pamphlet you worked on, right? That was a good one. Yeah, believe me, Brad, I'm familiar with your work. I may carry the umbrella, but I'm also part of the umbrella. Sit down and think about that, Brad. Thank you. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, friends beyond the binary, guests, distinguished guests which all of you are distinguished by being distinguish yourselves by being there or being here, uh, in you, the one who could be, let's just be honest, Brad, there's a, but just you and our one guest here. Thank you for coming to this very special seminar where I'm going to talk about, um, 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 marketing, uh, UM marketing, which is a, you know, the title we haven't settled on. Uh, being a super fan, um, marketing, and I'm glad you're here to listen to this because I'm really gonna. Uh, uh, as Brad has set the example, Brad has set the pace here for these seminars. I'm really gonna try to uh, uh, just uh, you know shine in Brad's shadow, not outshine Brad, uh, but to, you know be 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 uh, tune into my inner Brad. Which, Brad, by the way, that's strange, too, because you're in, you know, you are my inner Brad. Though I don't feel like we're in touch, but you're going to learn about a lot about me tonight, Brad. And you might be sitting there and you say, Scooter, you got a cardboard box there. You don't have, uh, you don't have a slide deck. You don't have a computer. You're, we already know your writing's in, indecipherable. Uh, what kind of knowledge are you going to lay on us tonight? Well, we're, we're, what is, you, yeah, you may be saying, what's unmarketing? Being a super fan. And I'll tell you, you might be sitting there and you may have a podcast, you may not. Uh, in all likelihood, you don't. You might have something you're interested in. You might have a business. You might work for a business. Whatever it is, uh, there might be something in your life you're wanting more of. It may be health, wealth, or happiness, uh, as Brad likes, you know, no offense, Brad, as you assume sometimes. Uh, but you, it might be something else, you know, it might be something deeper. It might be a yearning you can't quite put your finger on. But whatever it is, this unmarketing, being a super fan, will help you. And I'm going to explain the, the easy steps to being a super fan and then talk about the reasons why being a super fan will help you in Brad's case. Actually, Brad, do you want health, wealth, and happiness? Or do you want the happiness you think health and wealth will bring you? Also, isn't there usually great? How about some great posture? Because you do have pretty good posture, Brad. And I know my brother tells me, Jay Pete's big on that posture. He says, uh, you know, put your shoulders back. So uh, think about that for a second, Brad. If that's something you want, I can work on getting you that tonight. Uh, and actually, Brad, do you mind if I use you as an example? Because you're the only other person in the room uh, other than our guest here. Thank you again for coming, and I hope you're comfortable there. Uh, you're really giving me some good attention. Thank you so much. And where was I? I was talking about the, the um, marketing. Uh, or just being a fan, being a super fan, we'll get into all that. But you might be saying to yourself, especially if you're a podcaster, because uh, that's what I do when I'm not holding the umbrella for Brad and the rest of the team. And so with a podcast, let me explain to you a little bit of it. Since it just, I'm going to go and assume you aren't a podcaster. You're giving me a smile and a nod. Thank you. Uh, one of the big concerns for all the podcasters is uh, how do we grow our audience? Uh, how do you get more people to listen to your podcast? And there's a lot of other concerns. And actually, Scoot's here. I, I, I do share that concern with a lot of podcasters. But a lot of podcasters say, hey, how'd you get that audience you got there, Scoots? Uh, what kind of magic did you have in that old podcast hat you found? And I said, well, just the doll, you know, just uh, I bored to win. Uh, and I tell them it's not magic, actually. It's a combination of, uh, and it's usually I go on a boring tangent. I say, well, mostly it's, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, 
uh, when opportunities come up, that's great. And just being nice. And normally they don't really take that answer seriously because uh, they say, well, it can't, it can't possibly be. And I say, okay, well, I, I don't know then. A lot of this say uh, growing your audience. Uh, and even as I've learned about uh, making a show financially sustainable, it's a lot of it's out of your control. And that can be really hard. And I guess when you think about the broader picture, a lot of things are out of our control as humans or as a part of an umbrella team like Brad here. And JP may tell uh, Brad that his posture is under his control or their control, Brad. Uh, But I would say, well, maybe you could eventually get your posture under your control. But a lot of the day, your posture is just doing its own thing. So that's probably a bad metaphor or simile to make right now. But there's a lot of things in our life uh, that we can control, and there's some things we can't, and there's some things we feel like we have control over and we don't necessarily do. And I've steered way off topic to say uh, the reason I designed this uh, seminar uh, free, it's actually not a seminar because I don't even know, to be honest, Brad, I don't know what seminar means. Is the seminar a series of talks or a talk with breaks in between it? This is just a talk, and it's something anybody can implement. It's pretty much free, and it spans anything, more or less, Brad. Uh, But I believe uh, it's the most effective way to grow an audience, Uh, one of the more effective ways. Now, Brad, with other team skills like you have of coming up with titles for seminars— or other ideas. It, this can run independent and in parallel to any other efforts you're putting forth. But I want to present myself not as an expert, uh, uh, and I may be suffering uh, from the. F- I, I don't think fallitude's a word, but in this case, it might be a fake word that fits the fallitude. Oh, I think I think it's maybe fallacy. Thank you, thank you for being in the audience uh, tonight. Uh, uh, of uh, looking back of a process versus results, right? Uh, but I think that would be more of something someone would say to say, well, that idea won't work. So I'm going to use uh, the fallacy of fallacies uh, to dismiss your idea as ineffective. And, uh, oh, I was going to say, I'm also not an expert on marketing or advertising, but I did want to say uh, a few differences I wanted to point out right here. Uh, in marketing, advertising, and also social media. So I view advertising as uh, paid ads, uh, paid advertisements, uh, that would say uh, to people that don't listen to your podcast in this example or don't purchase your seminar, uh, much like a Facebook ad says, hey, come on, check out Brad's seminar, board win. Uh, and it might have a video or it might have some you know moving things. And it might say, hey, click here, and you can learn more. Now, marketing, I don't really understand that what that is either. I think that's like all the other things other than advertising to bring an audience. In this case, advertising or marketing uh, are efforts you're putting forth or money you're putting forth to, to bring new listeners to your show. If you have a store, uh, it might be to bring more customers into your store. If you have a restaurant, to more patrons. Uh, if you cut hair, more people to get their hair cut. Uh, or at least come by and say, hey, tell me about how you cut hair because I have fur. Uh, so those are advertising and marketing. There are things in terms I'm familiar with but don't totally get. Now, there's also social media, which people say, oh, social media marketing and I'm just going to use the example of a sleep podcaster or someone that does boredom seminars is to say people that choose to follow uh, the Boredom Institute or the Banter Institute or listen to the Banter Cast, uh, everyone's favorite podcast about banter and things interesting to banterers, uh, that, like, uh, or script notes, uh, that, which is kind of not about, I guess they do banter a little bit on script notes, uh, script notes, also scrib notes. That's, uh, uh, everyone's favorite podcast about scribbling notes, uh, and things interesting to scribblers. And that, that's a wide, that's actually a good show because they just bring in people, you know, that just don't scribble notes. They might be a scribbling artist. 
One of my favorite episodes was the code-breaking one, where they brought in somebody that scribbled code. And, oh, too bad those podcasts, they also exist only under the umbrella, same umbrella that Brad exists under. Uh, it's a wide umbrella, though, Brad. Don't worry. But, yeah, let's say you put, let's say you're, you're running the Scrib Notes podcast or the Banter cast. And you say, oh, shucks, I'd like more people to listen to this. You could use advertising or marketing techniques, and there's a lot of them out there, free. And then especially for a podcast like a banter cast or a scribbling, scribbling podcast, uh, there may be paid options. And I would say pretty pretty much uh, uh, check your ROI 10,000 times because, uh, as we know, uh, in the podcast world, it can be tough to, uh, uh, you want to make sure things are sustainable and that the money's going out, uh, it has a guaranteed, near guaranteed ROI, uh, uh or at least a, like a return on investment. Uh, so if you were, uh, for example, looking for new listeners through ad, Brad, uh, for the banter cast, you'd say, okay, well, the ad is a hundred dollars. Okay, well, you you would say, well, I'm trying to grow my audience. How many listeners am I going to get for a hundred? Going to get for a hundred dollars? And they say, well, this many. But I say, hold hold on, Brad. Whose hundred dollars are you using? Because uh, you also have to think about, well, how many listeners are they going to bring in? And what are the like the, the tiny percentages to like uh, uh, where you could turn uh, that get that hundred dollars back or a hundred and five dollars? So. Uh, you have to know, Brad, uh, well, if there's a, uh, uh, what is it? Let's say that Bantercast has a hundred, uh, listeners. Now all of those hundred listeners every month uh, in this world, but this may be accurate, generate you, uh, half cent, uh, maybe. What is it like if, if, so 50 cents you're making, I think, uh, for your hundred listeners. So if you're spending a hundred dollars, you you would have to do the math to say, okay, how many listeners would I need uh, if I make a half cent per, per or fifty cents per hundred uh, per? And that might not even be Brad. Here's the thing: that might not even be per month. I'd have to look. That might be a, a yearly number, and that might just be your uh, revenue, Brad. Maybe it's your that would be your monthly revenue. That's not even. Uh, so those are numbers you have to, I guess, before you spend any money, better think twice, I guess, uh, was what I was saying, Brad. And then I went on a little tangent there. So we'll avoid talking uh, dollars and cents, so, Brad, from here on out. Uh, so, oh, so, oh, so there's social media marketing and social media advertising, but Brad already has some followers on the old banter cast. And, but those are people that are interested in Brad that are interested in banter and interested in people bantering about banter and things interesting to banterers. Uh, but most of them are already familiar with Brad and the banter cast. And most of them are probably regular listeners of the banter cast or fans of Brad, as we say around here, FOBs, uh, friend, fans of Brad. Yeah. And so uh, Brad, uh, they don't really necessarily marketing to them. Um, and advertising to them may not be the best idea, best use of your time if you're doing it for free because uh, it's going to cost you an effort or if you are investing money uh, because they already listen to the banter cast. Maybe you want to alert them, hey, a new episode of the banter cast is out. Uh, hey, this episode of the banter cast was sponsored by Scribblecast. Scrib- what was Scrib- Scribble no- Scrib Notes? Uh, uh, or hey, this is a Bantercast has a new sponsor, uh, um, you know, mouth lube or whatever. It keeps your mouth loose uh, for bantering. So that's uh, th- that. So that's more you're using your social media, Brad, to alert your followers, uh, your audience, your existing audience to things. Uh, I think they call it a call to action sometimes. Or to interact. I think that's the most powerful use of those social medias is just to interact with the people that are interacting and say thank you. Uh, instead of saying, and you might say, hey, this, uh, yeah, this, uh, whatever, uh, uh, whatever the company 
Isn't that called chapstick, not mouth lube? Uh, or whatever they call it, mouth, what do they call it? Lip, lip balm, not mouth lube. Uh, or is that something different? Because they could use that. There's like throat coat tea. What about throat coat tea for sponsoring the banter cast? So it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, that would be a tough one, Brad, I know, because uh, you'd have to sell a lot of tea just to break even. Uh, but I uh, think like a brand lift, it's time for brand lift. So get lip balm on the banter cast for sure. So do you understand what I'm saying? My guest and uh, Brad is, uh, yeah, maybe just start looking at your social media channels as the, 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 the talker, the, the chattering class, as Craig Mason likes to call them. Though I think he's referring to a different group, but, uh, they say, oh, like, Hey, th- this new episode out, use it to interact, uh, and to say, hey, this is something, or hey, uh, you know, Brad's pretty funny when Brad wants to be. So, Brad, you could, tr- you know, uh, it's going to lead into things. So, let's circle back because I, I went way off of things. And let's agree for a few things. Uh, advertising and marketing is tough. Uh, and if it costs money, it's even tougher. Social media, at least in this uh, case use, and I realize there's other case uses, and also I'm not exactly sure what case use means, but uh, sounds good here. Uh, Social media is probably better to alert your uh, audience or to interact with your audience or to update your audience versus market something they already know about too. So telling them, hey, check out my podcast, uh, they say, hey, I already know about it, but hey, thanks for letting me know what's on this episode. That's a little bit different. Uh, so then in, and then we would say, well, and also Scoot said, uh, but growing your audience uh, is a little bit out of your control. So what do you do then? Holy mackerel, I'm stumped. Uh, and that's what our seminar is about. And maybe Brad will be monetizing this seminar. So we'll get right to the point if we're uh, doing it in another uh, situation and now's when we're going to dig into this box here and what you're going to see uh, my guest there is as i pull out this box it is a fan and it is a bedroom size fan uh, that you would it doesn't have the stem holder thing and you'll soak it in it's a black plastic fan so it's been made in the last uh, few years it's a three-speed fan it claims to have some sort of uh, tornado thing, but it's not very big, you know, less than a foot, uh, maybe 10 inches, maybe six inches, probably six inches. And it's a three speed fan. And you say, this is your, this, if you saw this, you'd say, this is, it looks, it looks a little bit better than your average fan, uh, but it doesn't, uh, oscillate or whatever, turn side to side. And it does go up and down, but, uh, and where I put it is on my dresser, uh, pointed towards my bed. And this particular fan, this actual fan we have here, and yeah, I can just pass it. There is a little dust on it. I didn't clean it. I've left it in its natural state. Uh, but that's my bedroom fan, and I use it almost every night, uh, because I like to be freezing cold if possible. I like to have, I also like the sound of it. And I guess I like the, that it moves the air. And you could definitely say that I am a fan of this fan. Uh, thanks for laughing, Brad, but it's true. I'm a big-time fan of this fan. And let's use it. This fan is going to be a symbol, of course, but it is a real fan that, that I want to get that out there that I'm a fan of. Uh, uh, because it does a lot for me. And the times I don't use it, I end up waking up and saying, what in the heck? Or the times I don't put it on. Now, is the fan perfect? No. Uh, because its first speed is its fastest speed. That's my pet peeve with it right there. Uh, because even though I've turned it on 8,000 times probably, well, not 8,000, but let's say six years, like, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of thousands of times, uh, Sometimes I still turn it all the way uh, to to what I think would be three, but it's actually one. And then I get in bed and I say, "Why the heck am I so warm?" And no one in the most people say, "No one in the right mind's warm in your situation." And I say, "Well, okay, it's because my fan is on one instead of three. 
So just a little note, you know, no, nobody's perfect, but nobody's flawed. It just happens to be the way you were built. And while we're talking about that, like I could use a full, like, uh, I don't know, uh, that, uh, your speeds have enough, uh, uh, distance between them. I would like you to be in, in, this is, you know, the fan can take it. Believe me, I'm a fan of this fan, but I would like a top, a higher top speed. Uh, but this fan has worked. It's done its job. It's an effective fan. And I'm a fan of it. And it might be, this might be an obscure example to use, but that's what we're going to talk about tonight is being a fan. And let me get my notes. I know I've been going off my notes the whole t- without notes, and I don't know what a slide deck is. I, I'm aware of what they're called. Uh, but now we're going to talk about uh, um, marketing. And what I mean by um, um, marketing uh, or being a super fan, which we're going to refer to it, is just becoming a super fan of things you're already a fan of. And you might say, okay, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. No reason to jump ahead of ourselves. Brad's a fan of boredom and banter. Oh, no, no, wait a second, Brad. I think we may have a breakthrough. No, I don't know what you're here in the audience are a fan of. Uh, and if this were interactive, I'd say, what are you a fan of? But that's not that portion of the talk yet. I, I just get distracted because they said, is Brad a fan of boredom and banter? Or do you see boredom and banter as a means to an end of health, wealth, and happiness, which you're a fan of, Brad? And then I would wonder, are you really a fan of health, wealth, and happiness and posture? I mean, I'm a fan of your posture, Brad. Good looking out because it's great. Uh, but or is there something else you're a fan of? Another? I'm not. I'm only asking questions here, Brad. I'm not giving answers. Uh, but it's just something to think about, Brad, because we're going to talk about going deeper into your fandom, nurturing uh, that inner fandom. And we're, you might say, well, being a fan is just a natural, organic process or processes, Scoots. Uh, how are, and Brad might be thinking, how are we going to monetize fandom? And I'd say they're called fan clubs, Brad. I think, uh, but uh, it's not, you can't charge 8999 for a fan club. You probably could. There probably is someone selling a course on making fan clubs for health, wealth, and happiness, so Brad. And they probably have made like $14. But anyway, yes, being a fan is a natural, organic process. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, uh, the way you cultivate that is just to pay more attention to it. Uh, we're not going to interrupt the flow or the process of being a fan or of having strong preferences. We're going to give it a little bit more of our attention and try to move deeper into it. Uh, just like Brad helps people move deeper into their dreams, right, Brad, uh, through processes, and just like you're here. Uh, here at this seminar, and maybe you said, what does um marketing mean? Is that just because Scoot's got that unlimited minutes from that commercial stuck in his head? And I'd say, correct. And I would tell you, I haven't de- de- dealt, uh, delved deep enough into my fandom of that ad because I'm really just a fan of that joke. I think it's a brilliant joke, and I'm not sure who wrote that commercial where they said unlimited minutes, but I would say... Uh, I'm a fan of that joke. In reality, I'm a fan of the mind that came up with that joke. I'm sure that it's uh, maybe someone that's ideally achieving success or it could be some sort of, uh, you know, just marketing guru. I don't know, but I did like that joke. Uh, Brad, would it be more, uh, would it be more bored to win if I explain the joke? No, just move on. It's just unlimited minutes instead of unlimited minutes. And the person would say, Wait, my phone plan comes with unlimited minutes? They said, no, yeah, yeah, unlimited minutes it comes with. Just like doll hairs. Maybe you can make 8,000 doll hairs, Brad. Okay, so we're talking about becoming a deeper fan of the things you're already a fan of or new things. Like, Brad, we could be setting Brad on a course here to say, hmm. Maybe, I mean, Brad, maybe next week you'll be a chiropractor or a person selling courses on how to... uh uh sell courses on chiropractory uh, for health, wealth, and happiness. Or maybe, like, uh, you could just be a fan of, maybe you could be the first uh, posture pod. 
podcasting about great posture, Brad. How about that? I, I would, I would, uh, like, uh, it, it could be interesting. Okay, so there's just four steps. This is really easy uh, because this is going into the unmarketing thing. Right away, we're going into it. It's taking your fandom, making it deeper, and then sharing it. And you're going to see very quickly uh, that why it's called unmarketing or unmarketing, you could call it, is because you're not marketing anything but the things you're already a fan of. Uh, so... There's just four steps. Uh, there's probably more you could take and probably a more effective way to do it. Uh, but I'm going to run through them and then I'm going to explain them. One is noticing. Uh, two is giving voice. Uh, three is sharing it. And four is an and or uh, saying thank you. And let me say right up front, Brad, and our guest here, I'm not the greatest at this Uh uh, and I tend to get overharried, which interrupts my fandom. And maybe by putting this out in the world, uh, I'll help foster some more fandom within myself and the appreciation of the fandom. But I can inconsistently do this. Uh, and I found I've even my, it's made my life better uh, just by inconsistently. And I'm constantly inspired by the people that do it on a regular basis. Uh, so, okay, noticing. Simple noticing is, uh, ooh, I love this. Uh, can't wait for the good place. Uh, or, oh, this restaurant has great fries. Or, I love uh, this podcast. Uh, it's even, it's just like more noticing. We're already moving into stage two, but it's like, ooh, you're just doing that more often, I would say, internally or externally. Whoa, oh boy. Maybe you could come up with more words, uh, but noticing when that happens and saying, hmm, let me give some attention over there. I guess like sleuthing a little bit, a fan, sleuthing your inner fan. Maybe, I don't know what McGruff's up to, but maybe I could, I think I saw McGruff on a streaming commercial, but maybe I could get McGruff over here and you could say, McGruff, we need you sleuthing people's inner fandom. Okay, so you're going to go from noticing to giving voice, which is something... We're inconsistently taught as children in uh, therapy, in couples therapy, in group therapy, in like, or at least is like a little bit of an I statement. You could also use techniques like labeling. Uh, and you say, well, I don't like to put labels on things. I say, okay, well, you could just say giving voice. You're going to give voice to, to you're going to go deeper. You're going to go from the, ooh, oh boy, ah, hmm. Or guffaw, hearty, har, har, oh boy, or oh dear, hmm. Like those things, you can say, wait a second, did I just say, hmm? And you're going to say, hmm, what? and maybe even you'll go, did I say, hmm? And maybe you'll analyze your somatic responses. What is your body saying? What is your brain saying? What did you just hear, taste, feel, see, or interact with? And you're going to dig deeper and you're going to give it voice. You're going to say, ooh, maybe you just label it at first. You say, ooh, I got the, thr- I got the, thr- I felt the thrills when I heard that. Uh, when that hit my tongue, it was a tangy in a good way. Uh, or that resonated with my feelings of resentment. Maybe it's something like that. Who knows? Uh, but you're going to try to give voice to it. In the framing of an I statement, sometimes you say, I felt blank when I heard this, when I saw this. And that is a little clinical, uh, so I prefer just giving voice. But if you want a starting point or something that's familiar, you could say these I statements. Now you've given it a voice, and this will be stages. Some of you might already be good at that. this. I'm not. So I may be in Brad, I don't know about you, or I guess here, hello where you're at and this is i guess a spectrum and it might be a spectrum of every day as i i guess i, I get i go off topic again but it's like uh sometimes for me i just have to say you know scoots it's okay to be a fan it's okay to take some time for yourself to do something pleasurable that you enjoy or that you're interested in like reading clark's world that would be something or uh, a more neutral example turning on this fan so, uh, and then maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit, I can be numb a little bit at a time or distracted. Uh, so noticing saying, wait a second, did I just, uh, 
Did I just get the shivers from something in a good way? Uh, do I have a case of spree fever and I haven't had any spree? Well, what could cause the spree fever? And maybe eventually I'll be better at giving voice to it. And then the next two parts are the, uh, that's the um of the um marketing. That's the um, hmm, um, hmm, um, you know, the um of um marketing. Ooh, I guess you could be ooh marketing, but then it wouldn't reference that joke. Now you're going to share it. You gave voice to it. Now share it with the people that you interact with. It could be just the people in your regular life, Brad. If there's another Brad or Sin or someone that uh, Brad's heart, you know, or just Brad's friends or your friends or people you encounter, you might be at the checkout. You might be bantering. And you might say, well, you know what I love is scribbling. You know, I love scribbling on my grocery list. And, you know, one of the things that makes me feel really good about my scribbling. I used to say, what a wasted time that is. Until I started listening to Scrib Notes. And then I realized there's uh, millions of people across the world that enjoy scribbling and that I'm not alone. So share it and then start to share it on social media if you use those things. You don't have to go overboard. You could do it every once in a while. Or if you're like Brad, you're a little more organized, you could set a schedule, Brad. I, I can't do that, but... uh Maybe you can, or maybe you can. You say, this morning, I'm going to talk about my favorite podcast or my favorite TV show, the movie I just saw, the dinner I just ate. You're going to pour your fandom into the world and, uh, you know, let it flow out of you. And then also, you're going to say thanks when you can, or it's optional. Now, this will we'll go into the paradoxical part of this later if we have time. Uh, but remember, you you not you may not not be heard. It's just like the you know if you and this may be a good way to practice. Just go in a forest and shout it. Uh, if no one's you know using the forest for solitude, that you're aware of is just shout things. Uh, I love this ice cream cone. I love this fan. I mean, you know that might not resonate with a lot of people. If I but if I shout it in the forest, it doesn't matter. Or if I pet my fan, which I do, like I'm doing right now. They say, I love this fan. And if this fan was, you know, you know, if this fan wasn't just a, a simple example, I'd say, hey, you, uh, you got to check out this fan. If someone, I don't know, they just, I guess it's tough with the example. I'd say, well, what, what a fan, what's your favorite fan? I'd say, well, I'm an aspirational fan. You know, I want that like space age fan that, that you know, the vacuum dude makes. But anyway. Don't let my fan hear that because I'm a big, I'm still a big, I'm still a big fan of you anyway. Okay, so let me get back on course. Okay, saying thanks. Uh, you could say thanks. Uh, and this is a personal example and it's an old one. And actually, the strangest thing involves the episode of Script Notes. And I've shared it before. I was listening and there was an episode where John was out of town and Craig was interviewing Alec Berg. Uh, and Alec Berg was talking about making Silicon Valley, the TV show, uh, with Mike judge. And they were talking about, well, just when they're making episodes, when they're writing them, uh, when they're directing them, like, how do you know how far to take a joke? Uh, where do you draw the line with your humor or with the humor you're going to release in the episode? Like how hard do you push jokes, uh, to where they're not funny anymore? Or, you know, that people might not find them funny. And he gave, he said, well, actually, we have a rule around here uh, at, at uh, in the writer's room or between uh, Alec Berg and, and Mike Judges. They call it the Wheel of Fortune rule. And he talked about how they just said Wheel of Fortune, if you go over, you're out of the game. So they try to always not go over with the jokes on that show. Uh, they try to get it to 99 cents as close as they can, but they try to make sure they're right up against that edge, but not even overlapping and over the edge. And everyone has a different preference. This isn't about a right or wrong way of telling jokes, but that really resonated with me in a different way about making the Sleep With Me podcast. And I said, huh, I'm always trying to figure that out, not in a joke sense, but in some other um, a little bit intangible sense of uh, uh, how far am I pushing these things and uh, 
it just resonated with me and I appreciated it and it made me feel less alone. And then because of social media, I was able to just say, hey, uh, so heard you on script notes. Uh, thanks a lot. That meant a lot to me. And that was energy that went out in the world. Maybe some listeners saw it or they said, wow. Uh, and maybe Alec Berg saw it or maybe Alec Berg didn't see, see it. it. That doesn't really, that, that's, part of the pro, that's part of the results part. We don't worry about that uh, with this. You're, you're just putting it out. You're, putting, you're sharing your fandom with the world. We're thanking the people, uh, and, and you're saying why. I did say probably say why. That was back when it was 144 or whatever. Uh, but you're just saying why. Now I'm going to run through quick. Why does any of this work? Uh, why is this a good thing? And why would it work if we were using the examples of a podcast, of growing a podcast? So this couldn't possibly, uh, being a fan of something and sharing it, it uh, couldn't be uh, possibly work unless you're talking about reciprocity, which we're not. And we'll get to that last. I mean, I can tell you if you just happen to be not like sleeping to this in your podcast, I guarantee this will work a uh, hundred times better than whatever you're doing right now. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, but I, I can tell you, especially doing this for a long time, uh, this will work better than any other and yes, it's a paradox, and, and yes, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I'm going to again tell you why. And the first one is you're kind of, this is a strong phrasing of it, but you're setting an example, uh, and you're shouting, just like in the forest of a public, you're saying, hey, I'm a fan of something. And uh, uh, like, hey, I don't know, I think that builds courage and unity and says, huh, you can use social media to shout and say you're a fan. Now, I don't always practice these things all the time myself, uh, but I'm trying to get better. Then the other thing of uh, setting an example is if you do have a podcast or some sort of social media or a restaurant, you know, people that are already enjoying it don't necessarily, one, know the incredible power of positive word of mouth. Uh, there's reactionary word of mouth. Uh, and we're talking about a different kind of deeper connected word of mouth uh, that is unbelievably powerful. But a lot of people, one, don't know the power or don't know how to do it. So by doing it, you're also learning how difficult it is. You say, well, I don't like uh, sharing that kind of stuff. It's kind of a hassle. You say, okay, yeah, that's just like what it's like for your followers, your listeners. Uh, sharing that I love this or that you're in town, for example, or this fan, if this fan uh, or fans, bedroom fans in general, well, it takes a lot of work. It's like uh, it's more things to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, I grant you that. Uh, and then you'll relate to your audience when you ask them to do something. And you also realize that it's kind of counterintuitive. Oh, you, well, all you got to do is follow that process. Even though it doesn't sound powerful, it is. Uh, feel it, notice it, label it, share it. Uh, another great thing about it is it's going to make your work better. Seeing people that do something better than you is going to inspire you. It's going to impact your subconscious. You're going to notice things and you're going to learn things and you're not even going to learn, know you're learning things. Uh, another thing is like you're going to really start to harness a persistence and energy via gratitude, which is a tough thing to come by unless you're a really well-adjusted person, which I'm not. Uh, but by working hard at something and then seeing people that you that inspire you or that maybe you aspire to, uh, and hearing their stories of difficult times or of all the time they spent working on something, of all the the, the, the obstacles that they overcame in their path uh, and the difficulty in the rarity they had to hone their craft. Uh, it, we could be talking about anything, too, here. Uh, to achieve what they've achieved... Uh, to create what they are creating that's inspiring you or making you feel or causing you to emote or physically respond, that it's really never been easy for them, uh, it can make you thankful for where you are and kind of keep you, uh, you know, the carbon in you or whatever you want to call it. We say, wow, uh, 
It ain't easy. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for them. I'm really grateful for where I am, for the listeners I have. Uh, and I'm going to stay dedicated. I'm going to stay on course because uh, they did. Uh, another thing about being a fan is it's authentic. And people are in the world looking for authenticity. And uh, the more naturally authentic you can be, uh, it's going to deepen your connection with yourself. Uh, it's going to deepen your connection with the people that share, whether it's just people in your community or it's people that you're whatever trying that, that uh, consume what you make or potential consumers of it. Uh, they may relate to your fandom. They may share your fandom, but you're also being vulnerable. Even when I talk about how much I love this fan, you could hear the vulnerability in my voice of how I know that when I switch it on, it's time for me to get into bed. And I know that I really appreciate uh, that its presence there. And I appreciate that I've taken the time to say, hey, I really like having this fan blowing on me and regulating my temperature uh, even though when I'm in the morning, it helps me get out of bed faster because then I'm kind of cold and I want to shut the fan off. Uh, when you share deep things about yourself, you do let yourself be vulnerable, but in a very safe way. You're also like participating in putting good things in the world, and that's what we really, really need. And that's what deep down most of us want, Brad included. Uh, behind the health, wealth, and happiness is hell, uh, happiness or a search for it, right, Brad? Uh, a world where people feel heard, they feel authentic and appreciated and acknowledged and uh, filling the world with good stuff uh, as opposed to loogies is, uh, is that's the world most of us want to live in. And one more thing when it comes to podcasting is, like, if you're a podcaster, is we want to grow the pie. Uh, we only uh, per smallest percentage of the world, or in the U.S., a uh, uh, quarter of the world, U.S. consumes podcasts on a regular basis. But a hundred percent of the world is fans of something, or, or uh, maybe they need their needs uh, fostered a little bit more so they can be fans of things. They deserve to be fans of things. And by putting your fandom out in the world, whether it's about podcasts or anything else, and by fostering these connections and appreciations, uh, you're growing the pie. Now, it might be a pie for a radio show. It might be growing the pie uh, for a TV show or a re local restaurant or a park uh, or a type of plant. But those eventually are Venn diagrams, and as those circles expand— they will overlap, and then they'll help the other circles to grow. And I just want to close out here. By the way, Brad's asleep, and I, I see you're good. I'm glad you're here listening to me. Is I want to talk about reciprocity and Caldini and the paradoxical nature of this idea. Uh, and also acknowledge, maybe I don't know what a paradox is, and I haven't read Science, Influence, and Practice in a while. Uh, but a lot of times when it comes to marketing, they talk about the theory of reciprocity. If I do something nice for you, you'll do something nice for me. Um, marketing is not about that at all. And that's not to judge that. That is, a, I think it's a scientifically or psychologically proven thing. But again, that's assuming you could control uh, or you could influence uh, reciprocity. And this isn't a counter or an anti-reciprocity move. It's maybe like a, a I mean, maybe it could be running per parallel if if that's what you have to do. But unmarketing is more of an open arms shouting in the forest uh, for the joy of shouting in the forest that you love a fan. A man that loves a fan shouts in the woods about it. I love this fan. I love what it does for me. I'm doing it for the sake of the love of the fan, for the sake of uh, the deeper connection within myself uh, that needs to be exposed. Uh, and maybe that it does fall on the ears of the fan or that I'm injecting the universe or the world or the forest with my shouts of joy. And maybe in the forest example, you say, well, the rabbits really don't like that or the owls or the trees or the people 
uh, meditating. I say, okay, well, this is just, just figure, figurative then. Uh, so if you set aside reciprocity, just with the knowledge that, uh, uh, well, just because this is an opportunity to embrace a paradox. Uh, and how often in your life, there's so many paradoxical things uh, and so many confusing things and so many stressful things. You could say, okay, so I can control the growth of my podcast by not controlling and say, well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's really under your control anyway. And you may or may not believe that, uh, or maybe it's a very small under your control, but yes, uh, this is a paradox I'm presenting to you by sharing uh, with what you love, by putting that out in the world, by, by even maybe by just noticing it within yourself, but ideally by spreading that around paradoxically, in some strange way, but I listed the reasons why. Uh, but you can't yeah, say, well, it's not really a direct connection to bringing me health, wealth, and happiness, good posture. I would say, yes, you're right. It is not an exact uh, connection. It is a paradox. Uh, by mark- And if you have to use marketing as a word, uh, by marketing other people's things uh, without expecting reciprocity, it will work. Uh, and that is a pair. You say, well, it doesn't make any sense, Scoots. And I will say about reciprocity and about doing this, it's not easy. Confronting a paradox, embracing a paradox in itself is in, you know, I can embrace this fan. Uh, I don't know what a paradoxical fan would look like, but I know how it would look at me uh, paradoxically. Uh, but I can embrace the fan. I don't know if I can embrace a paradox. Uh, so this is up on the edge of exploration, of adventure in your own life. Uh, but So it's not easy. And I will say about the reciprocity thing, it is a natural expectation that may generate some resentful feelings. Why didn't that person, they talk about their thing all the time. They don't even acknowledge me or whatever. So you will come up against that. And then again, that's an opportunity uh, for exploration, you say, well, those are strong feelings there uh, you have. Uh, interesting. And maybe you even go through a process of saying, you know what, I'm, Brad may wake up one day and say, I'm sick of boredom. It's done nothing for me. Hasn't helped my posture, my health, my wealth, my po-, you know, or seminars. Maybe that's what Brad's sick of. But maybe then Brad will make that other podcast that I already forgot about, about not about scribbling or uh, banter, but whatever the other thing was, Seagull, oh, Posture Cast. Uh, maybe the Posture Cast won't be, but maybe you're on a path, Brad, just like that wonderful seminar you did or someone else did about bantering and uh, stepping stones. Uh, but really, how often do you get to look a paradox in the face, uh, except, you know, except when you're you know, a dock builder or whatever, hot or hard, you, know, you work at a marina. And so that's uh, a little bit about unmarketing and being a fan. I appreciate the Banter Institute and the Boredom Institute and BanterCast and Brad and the whole umbrella team within my mind uh, for uh, having me here. But particularly thank you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you're resting or I hope you feel the vulnerable connection that I feel with you right now. Thank you so much, really. And uh, good night.